dancers. Welcome to our second Do It The Ordway podcast. I am super excited about today. We have a special guest and that special guest is Mr. Ordway and I cannot wait for him to come and join us. Um, We'll save that for the end so you're going to have to stick around if you want to hear what he has to say. So we're going to start with uh, telling you what is new around the studio. Our school year began and we are off to a great start. We've seen improved dancing already in the first three weeks. We've also had a lot of people trying us out and becoming part of our dance family. Uh, I love this time of year, just having the kids coming back in and getting into their routine again. And it's just great. There's so many smiles. Uh, I just love it. We also had a big event a few Saturdays ago uh, called Dancer Collaborative. It's an anti-bullying event and it went very well. Uh, The kids learned how to set a realistic, specific, and measurable goal. They played games to get to know each other better and they shared really great takeaways from the day. Uh, One of them, I can't quote her Exactly, because I don't remember exactly, but she said something along the lines of that she learned to still appreciate herself on days when she didn't do her best, which was awesome, uh, because one of the things we talked about a lot was that you can't have compassion for others until you have compassion for yourself. So I think it went really great. The kids had a good time. At least they said they did. (laughs) And it's going to become an annual thing that we do, uh, and it's just a great bonding experience and it's a good time for me to set the expectations that I have for them. And there were good reminders about how the internet is forever and if you post something it's gonna be there always Uh, and that also when you use text messages that could be there always as well and you never know who's gonna take a screenshot of it etc. And just we really talked about how to be a good Ordway citizen and what that means to me, and how I, you know, what I expect from them. And yeah, just like I said, to set the expectations that I have, just to make it very clear so everyone understands and thinks before they act. So I was very excited about that event. Uh, What else is happening? Ordway Conservatory won a Best of Manassas Award for Best Ballet School. So that was very exciting. The kids were very happy about that. Um, and I won a Stevie Award for Women in Business for Best Female Entrepreneur of the Year for Business Services with 10 or less employees. Um, I'm extremely honored, and I, I didn't think I would win. We'll find out if it's a gold, silver, bronze award in November. Uh, I've won awards in the past, but this one is definitely in my top two because of what it's for. When I started OCCB, I was so nervous that I wouldn't like running a business and that because I wouldn't like it, I wouldn't do it particularly well. That was a useless fear because I love running a business. It keeps me insanely busy, especially recently. Uh, I made a new hire, a virtual assistant. Her name is Elaine and our parents have probably already noticed they've gotten emails from her. She's wonderful and she's helping so much. But my struggle right now is that I have to have all the systems in place for her to use, and I have to have knowledge on all the technology we're using so I can train her and my administrative assistant, Amanda, on it. 
So I've been pulling a lot of uh, 12-hour days the past few weeks to set everything up and learn everything I need to know so my team can have success. It's going to pay off wonderfully in the end, and eventually I'll have more free time than I did before hiring my admin staff. But the transition period is uh, quite intense. Not so secretly, I kind of love it, but (laughs) there is only so much a person can physically do. So basically, I can't keep pulling 12-hour days for too much longer, uh, no matter, you know, and and I, I love it, but also I don't. You know, uh, they say, do a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life, and that is the dumbest thing that anyone has ever said. It's ridiculous. Uh, I work many days of my life, and there are many days when I just want to stay home and do nothing. You know, I am a normal person, even though I do what I love for my job. Um, But it is a lot, because I also am still teaching quite a bit. Um, We're getting ready right now for competitions that will happen in winter, so that's a lot. Um, We have a lot of events happening this year. And uh, then everything I mentioned about just setting up all the systems that we use, just making everything go smoothly, Um, some of the technology things that we're using are... uh, A shared inbox, that's something that I've spent a lot of time with over the past few days, figuring out exactly how that works and how we're going to use it as best as we can. Um, Yeah, just a lot. There's a lot. A lot's happening at any given moment here, and I do love it, but I am very, very much looking forward to the day when all the systems are in place, everyone knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing, and this place is just, you know running like a Swiss timepiece and everything's great and I have a bit of time to myself once again. Um, That'll be great. I'm looking forward to that day. But until it gets here, I'm also enjoying the process. I also want to share with you what's coming up at Ordway Ballet. Uh, Nutcracker is coming. I'm working on the cast list for our fifth annual and interactive Nutcracker today. It will go out tomorrow along with the rehearsal schedule. It'll be my 24th year doing a Nutcracker and I'm still not sick of it. I think I can attribute that to always working with the kids. For them, the role they're dancing is usually new to them, so the magic is alive and well. One year, I danced 22 Nutcrackers in less than three weeks. Uh, That one started off magical, and it finished magically, but I can't really say that the whole middle was completely fun. That was a lot that year. Um, But I I just love doing R, an interactive Nutcracker, because it's ours, and uh, every year the kids do have something new to dance or something a little bit different, and it is, it, it is very magical for them. You can see it on their face and it's just exciting. And for me, if there wasn't a Nutcracker, I think that it would not feel like the holidays at all. Um, Actually, the first year that we did Nutcracker in 2018, it was very weird for me because I had been so used to, uh, the year before was the year I did the 22 Nutcrackers. So I'd been used to just weeks and weeks and weeks of Nutcracker performances again and again. And uh, leading up all the way to the day before Christmas Eve. Um, And then all of a sudden, we just had the one day of shows. 
And then I had all this free time at the holidays to do things that I hadn't done in years, like making Christmas cookies and just hanging out, having a, you know, movie marathon and drinking hot chocolate. It was awesome, but it did feel really weird. <laughs> but now I love it. So I can't wait for our Nutcracker. Uh, we'll also be performing on this coming Saturday, which is actually the day that this podcast comes out, October 1st. We're performing at Fall Jubilee in Old Town Manassas. Um, when we go to perform at festivals and community events, we always do more than a performance. We bring the spirit of our interactive Nutcracker and we get the audience involved. So I'm excited to do that once again and just share you know, the, our love of ballet and dance with the community. All right, guys, Mr. Ordway is here. He is a world-class lighting designer and is currently the technical theater manager at Colgan High School, a performing arts magnet school. And he also runs all of our shows and does the lighting design for our shows. Hi, guys. Um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about how we met first. Um... We sort of met in 2008. I was doing a performance of Frankenstein. I was the bride of Frankenstein. And Sean was an assistant to the lighting designer. And I remember the first time I saw him, I did a double take. And I just thought he was really cool and looked like he was in charge and working hard. And I loved it. Um, I wouldn't learn his name until 2012. Um, from 2008 to 2012, I called him hot tech guy. In early 2012, he said my name to me, and I liken that moment to in Jingle All the Way when Turbo Man says the little boy's name and he goes, he knows my name. That was me. Um, so I did some digging to find out his name as well. It would still be another year before we had a sort of date. Uh, my good friend and roommate, Corinne, invited him to our cast party after the show because she was sick of us flirting during warm-ups. Uh, it was a, it was a little rocky in the beginning, but later that year we became official, and two years later we got married. So that's that story. Yes. Yeah, so I was objectified for like <laughs> a decade. <laughs> okay, you're bad at math. <laughs> um, so I wanted uh, Mr. Ordway to first start with telling us um, about his uh, entry into college and his exit from college. It was not um, a straightforward path there. So what did you first go to college for? Uh, so I got into college for um, uh, fast track anesthesiology, um, which then turned into sports medicine, which then turned into poli-sci for a month, which then turned into theater, uh, which stuck. Uh, Basically because they hired me, which should have been a big red flag, they hired me to work a uh, one of their flagship shows uh, basically two months into college. And uh, I was very flattered at the time, but uh, looking back, should have been like, whoa, this place might not know what they're doing. Then I graduated four years later after working, I think, uh, 47 uh main stage productions and also uh i started working in the professional field uh my very first year in college so i always tell every student that i talk to it's uh really more about uh who you know and what you do 
than uh, what you learn. Uh, so get out there and do stuff. What are some tips you can share with us about being backstage and being in the theater? So from a technical perspective, everyone, I can tell you the difference between a show and a performance is whether or not you own the space. Miss Sarah makes a specific point of taking everybody on a tour uh, and showing everybody where exactly they're going, where everything is, uh, before you guys even start spacing out things. Um, and that's a huge boost um, to the difference between uh, actually delivering on a performance or just putting on a show. Um, I really think that from an audience perspective, which is where I usually I spend all my time, uh, is watching out front of house, uh, is the the biggest difference between uh, something being stunning and something being just a hollow performance. Uh, even the biggest names that I've seen go through, uh, I've seen hundreds of stages, I've seen backstage uh, hundreds of places, and every single one of them, the people that care about what, how things happen are the ones that are successful and that continue to perform at an exceptional level. All of our dancers do that, and that is directly reflected in what Miss Sarah uh, exemplifies, really. Um, everything goes into that. So yeah, like for example, when we get, especially when we're at the Hilton, because it is such a big space and there's so much going on, I take the youngest kids and I walk them all around backstage and tell them where they're allowed to stand, the exact path that they should walk so that they're not in the way, um, which, you know, one way they could be in the way is if they're crossing backstage, they might touch the backdrop on the way. And you're going to notice that in the audience because the backdrop is going to move. But it's also dangerous for them because they don't need to be where that backdrop is because that's part of where, you know, backdrops are flying in and out. Somebody's going to get conked on the head and it's dangerous, you know. Um, so, yeah, we make a big deal about showing the kids where they can go and how things work and we practice that in the studio as well. One example is our quick change at the end of Nutcracker. We have, um, I practice with the kids a lot, a lot, a lot, because they all have to run stage right. They can't run stage left. They all have to run to stage right. They have to get out of the way so that new curtains can come in and props can come on. And it's like a really like delicate moment because it, we only have about a minute and a half to get it done. So we practice things like that a lot. And then when we get to the theater, the kids know exactly what's going to happen because I've already explained it to them. And uh, I think part of what Sean is saying is that some groups come into the theater and no one knows what is going on. So people are always in the way and they're asking questions of like the backstage crew that that's not what the backstage crew does or is there for. Um, our biggest thing is that we treat our students as professionals. A lot, of, uh, um, uh, the uh, uh, the amount of artists that I have run into that do not know which way is stage left and which way is stage right is astounding. And our kids 
are amazing that they they just own the space as soon as they get in there. And that's the biggest thing for uh, putting on a professional performance. Yeah, and another example is um, the prop table. That leapt into my head um, because I'm really big on the kids know about the prop table and they know what goes on the prop table and they know they're not supposed to put their warm-ups on the prop table or their drinks or anything like that. So it just, it makes for a really nice atmosphere backstage because we're not, you know, we're doing our job backstage, then the crew can do their job backstage and it's just like harmonious then. And it does like elevate the level of the whole performance. You can feel that in the audience, even though you don't know that that's what's going on backstage. So it's really interesting, everything that goes into a show, especially from you know, somebody just in the audience, they don't think about more than half of the things that are actually happening backstage. We treat you as professionals at Ordway Conservatory of <laughs> Classical Ballet. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's my announcer voice. <laughs> All right, now we have some uh, questions for Mr. Ordway that some of our students provided. The first one, uh, and I have a little bone to pick with the first one, but it's, what's your favorite 80s movie? But I got to tell you guys, we were not around in the 80s, okay? <laughs> Sean was born in 87 and I was born in 88. So really, the question should be, what's your favorite 90s movie? But we'll, we'll answer the 80s movie. What you got, Sean? Well, uh, I also take a little bit of offense to that. But uh, <laughs> I, I do appreciate the question. Thank you guys for uh, submitting things. Uh, and... I'm going to uh, break your rule and say that it's Point Break, <laughs> which is 1991. Point Break uh, is an excellent film about surfers who uh, are awesome. You don't need to watch that movie, And guys. please do not watch it. <laughs> no, you can skip it. It's, it's not worth it. It's very boring. Keanu Reeves is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's boring. Um, all right. Uh, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh man, I wanted to be a, uh, wow, I should not admit to this, but I, sh I wanted to be a, uh, a pop star. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, I didn't know this. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to be in a boy band, but, uh, like, uh, Hmm, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Um, that's much cooler than mine. I wanted to be a bus driver, so. A bus driver? Yeah. Not even an astronaut? You're from no. Ohio. <laughs> There's a lot of astronauts from Ohio, guys. Um, okay, we got one more question for you. Did you ever surprise Sarah at her shows? I surprise her at every single show. What? What are you even talking about? No, you surprised me big time at one show. When I proposed to you? Yes. Oh, yeah. But also every That's other show. That's the only show. time. What? Why was I surprised? You're always surprised. You're like, oh, you're here. I'm like, okay. Okay, no. I, <laughs> so, uh, to the person who asked this question, we he was always at my shows because he worked at my shows. <laughs> so he didn't have a choice. He had to watch them all. He was always there. I did not watch all of them. Um, well, he was <laughs> he was present for all of them. Um, but yeah, he surprised me big time when he proposed to me after um, our run of Giselle in 2015. Yes, my family was backstage and my assistant uh, totally missed his cue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I knew something was up because we're doing our bows. We're, we're doing curtain call and uh, the lights flickered on and off for a moment. 
And so I'm looking in the booth and I'm like, Sean's not in the booth. Oh my gosh, he's not in the booth. What's going on? And then, yeah, the curtain went down and he came out and proposed to me. And, uh, spoiler alert, I said yes right away. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I did say yes right away. Not right away. Well, no. Because... No, you, you. No, it took a long time. <laughs> no, it didn't. Yes, and everybody was yelling at you. No, I don't know what he's talking about. To yes, be the Maybe... entire company was like, oh my god. And I think you were it... like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's get this going. Like, I think in his brain it took a long time. No, you know, time it, slowed down. It took longer than it should have. No, it didn't. And I said yes right away. Yeah, right. There's a video of it, guys. Should I? Should I find the video and post the video and you can decide for yourself? You can decide that it took because you Because you can hear me say yes. I'm going to, okay? After the podcast airs, I will post the video and our listeners can decide, okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, as is tradition, I'm going to give you my book recommendations. Um, for the nonfiction... I have to recommend The Myth of Multitasking. It is a short read, and it's one of those books that, like, completely changes your perspective on things, which is um, amazing, so I cannot recommend that one enough. It's by Dave Crenshaw, and uh, it's October, so I'm going to recommend you a horror book. Um, I like John Saul. Um, I like pretty much everything he's written. Um, it is all very similar <laughs> So you probably don't want to read too many of his. Uh, so my favorite one is Second Child. And it, it is spooky. It is scary. It is a little bit gory. So I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. But it is a good read. And uh, Sean, what have you got? Oh, well, uh, I grew up reading uh, high fantasy trash. So like Shannara and all that. <laughs> he means young weird. adult books. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, what he means by trash. <laughs> yes, it just just basically just filler crap. Um, but uh, my favorite of all time, which is a little older, is the Gunslinger trilogy or not trilogy. It's the series by uh, Stephen King, King yeah. uh, which is also terrible, but uh, <laughs> but totally engrossing, like all of his stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Ordway, for joining me today on the podcast. And I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to you. No, thanks. I'll see you guys in the theater. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. You will find us here in the same place again next month. And please do not hesitate to give us feedback on what you would like to hear about and who you would like to hear from. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Facebook, and TikTok.